Welcome to this episode of Power Up Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Jones. And in this episode, we speak with husband and wife team, Malcolm and Kylie Vandegraaff, owners and operators of Briskates Landscaping based in Brisbane. And this is a really good story, great success story, great turnaround story, where Malcolm and Kylie started their business in 2007. At the same time, they were starting to build their family. And here over a 10-year period, working really hard, uh, both Malcolm and Kylie, high stress, uh, limited time, really struggling for cash in the bank, really getting to that stage where they're living week to week. They come to that stage in that 10-year period where something had to change. They couldn't keep going the way they were going and really hear how Malcolm and Kylie really got out of their comfort zone, uh, really had to change the way that they were operating. They were open to being coached. They were open to change the way that they were doing things. And Malcolm getting really uncomfortable, so removing him off the tools, getting him more focused in the office and how and Malcolm and Kylie have done a great job of really defining their office roles and where they're accountable for and what needs to happen to ensure that the business moves forward profitably. It wasn't just about doing more work. It was about making sure they moved forward in a profitable fashion. And to do that, they really had to get their team on board. And Malcolm, again, getting really uncomfortable having to step back and allowing others to come in and drive the business. So for Malcolm nurturing the business for 10 years, basically being his baby for 10 years, that's a big step, allowing others to step in and drive the business for him. And then as a result, and this is the cool thing, transforming the business from turning over around that $400,000 a year, $500,000 a year, being really busy with limited return. Now it's a seven-figure business. Now it's a business that generates an operating profit margin of close to 20% with the processes that have been put in place, both Malcolm Kiley now working less and really have great control of the business, making great decisions. And essentially, they're moving away from being enslaved to a job where they were enslaved for basically 10 years to now really building a business that they can really see that serves themselves and their family into the, uh, into the future. So it's really, really exciting. So no longer a firefighter, very much now a conductor. So this is a great podcast, everyone. Hope you enjoy this one. Let's get into it. Cheers. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me, come and realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business. Malcolm and Kylie, welcome. Thanks, Jonesy. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Stoked. And, and Malcolm and Kylie, really great too, obviously, from our point of view and a personal point of view, being clients now for you know, close to 24 months, 18 months. So it's great to have you on board and, and see you on this journey. But can you give us a, a bit of an insight into the early days of operating your operating your business and, and starting from working for someone else and then starting your own business so can you just set the scene, uh, how you started, what year you started and, and how those early years look like? Yeah, so we kind of started 13 years ago, basically just mowing lawns, a little bit of landscaping here and there initially. And I guess our main goal was to be able to have Kylie at home looking after the kids and, and I'm on the tools working and herself doing some office work, financial stuff in the office as a bit of a team game with both of us. And then... Those early years, you know, started to, started to get driving and, and then Kylie helping out. How were the, how did those early years look like for yourself in the background? Again, getting the family started, then also uh, working. Were very, very busy days, particularly juggling young children and a business. Very long days. And what did a normal sort of, so was it definitely work into the evening, you know, trying to catch up over the weekends? How was that looking like? How was that lifestyle looking like? Yeah, we'd basically be up early and out late. So I, I myself personally would be up early, get on the tools, do the jobs throughout the day, come home, have dinner with the kids, bath the kids with Kylie, and then um, back in the office when I had to get quotes done. And speaking on Kylie's behalf, she was probably the same, trying to deal with the kids throughout the day yeah. in the morning and then in the office at night time to try and get invoicing and, and everything out as well. Yes. And that was that classic... As we turn that classic scenario where you really build a job for yourself and you feel like you're on that hamster wheel, I know that 
especially in those days that we've discussed often, you know, for all that work that you put in, there was that hand-to-mouth or living week-to-week feeling with a lack of sort of certainty about the future. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, it was day by day struggling most weeks to get by, but we kind of felt like we were stuck in it. So we just kept trying and trying and trying to um, make it work, make ends meet and provide for our young family. So and this very is a- much the habit of just working ridiculous hours and it was full on. <laughs> and, and it's a common, look, it's a common story. It's a common scenario where it's that juggle where you're trying to grow your family, develop your family, develop your kids, have a lifestyle as well, maintain your personal relationship as well as then growing the business. Mm. And it's very, very difficult. And that, look, that, that was over like a 10-year period, correct? It got to that stage where a 10-year period or around that sort of early sort of 2019, late 2018 where for both of you getting together, you realised you needed to make a change or you needed to sort of say, okay, what do we need to do to get out of this rut or go to that next level? Is that correct? Yeah, so we were kind of really slogging it out for a good, you know, 11, 12 years there, thinking we're doing everything right. But, you know, there'd be, there'd be times there, Jonesy, when, you know, Kylie goes, what can I invoice? What can, you know, we need money. And I'm like, well, I'm busting my, my backside here to get the jobs done and doing the work and working long hours and why don't we have money in the bank? So it was that real stress of, you know, getting the work but having no reward at the end of it. And it got to one stage there about 18 months ago last year and you know there was nothing we had no work we had no money in the bank it was the risk of losing your house and it just got to a point where we both sat down with each other and said look we've got to take this you know one one direction you know it's either we give it up you know look in the paper find ourselves a new job or, or we turn this business into something decent and that's what we did we made the decision that we're going to keep going we're going to turn this thing around and and charge forward and that was obviously, it's a tough decision when you're basically, it's that reality check where you look in the mirror and you say, listen, what needs to improve or what decisions do I need to make? And what did it look like? So in that, around that 18 months ago, two years ago, I think you're turning out around that, at that stage, around $400,000 a year. Is that correct? correct. around that position. So you're turning out around $400,000 a year. You're still very yes. busy doing a lot of work. But at that stage, though, you're not making any profitability, struggling to, and then struggling to really draw that wage. And then obviously, it's that stage where you know, and every business owner generally gets to it. And it's a credit to your your persistence and determination, you know, still to, to be really driving it hard for that ten years, eleven years, because most people drop out before year five. It got to that stage, obviously, where you, know, you knew you needed to. I suppose you knew that outside help, correct, and and I suppose, and that's a, it's a credit to, to both of you, you realise that you both needed to change. You both needed to look at how you, you know, looked at your work or took the job on in terms of how do I build a business as opposed to a job. Now, a lot of business owners, especially listening to this podcast, a lot of business owners don't actually understand the difference between you know, building a job and actually creating a business. A lot of people as a tradie, they get their, they get a uh, business card, they get out there, they go to market and they start selling and they get busy. And it's a bit like what you were sort of talking about, Malcolm. You're like, I'm busy doing the job. I don't want to have to worry about invoicing. I don't have to worry about cash flow. I don't have to worry about trying to follow up to get paid. What do you mean You know, when, when Kylie's saying to you, look, hang on, I'm sitting here, I've got nothing in the bank and you're on, on the job site. You're flat out. You're just scratching your head thinking, well, what more can I do? Correct? Yeah, and that's it. I was always busy. You know, you speak to people. Oh, how's how's work going? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm flat out. I'm busy. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm working hard. I'm I'm getting home late. I think, yeah, I'm I'm doing the right things here because I'm busy. You know, I had a, an apprentice, had a tradesman, we had an office girl as well. And then when the tough time came, 18, 19 months ago, we didn't have that money in the bank to to help us through it. We had literally nothing. So, and that that was the turning point for us to say, look, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And at the end of the day, it, it was kind of made easy because we had to make that decision. We had to make it. Unfortunately, it was forced upon us, but yeah, we had to do it. Yeah, basically, you had the, the backs of the wall and you're in the corner and you knew there was, there was you, you needed to make a proactive choice. From there, so looking at there, so again, a small team, high stress, you know, working long hours, putting a lot of pressure on the family life and then that uncertainty 
of where to go and what to do. So turning over around that, you know, $400,000 no profit, being really, really busy to now, and this is the that transition to now and then just fast-forwarding it, now we're in a situation where, you know, you are now going to be you know, definitely well-positioned this year. You'll be pushing through the, the million dollars. So you're going to be a seven-figure you know, seven business. So tick that box, which is great. Turnover, but as we know and to everyone, you know, in our community, in our methodology, turnover is one thing, but it's all about the bottom line and the great thing that you've done, and it's a credit to you, which we're going to really tap into here, and this is where I want all the listeners to really understand some of the key things that you put in place to achieve this. So going from about a $400,000 business to a, a seven-figure business, then more importantly, operating profit going from making basically no profit, not drawing a, a substantial wage, to now generating a profitability of around that 16 17% operating profit after drawing a wage, correct? Correct. Correct, yes. yeah. So it's a massive difference, right? So a massive difference. All of a sudden, the financial pressures are gone. But then the kicker, right, and this is the big kicker, you've gone from really working hard, okay, working hard and not drawing anything, you know, thinking mm-hmm. at that stage where you probably, at that st- would you agree that you think you're still going to do more, right, even though you can't, physically probably do any more, but you're still thinking, shit, I'm not getting ahead financially, so I've got to do more. So you're thinking, I'll do it. To now, down the track, how's the, the work-life balance not like? How many hours, again, in your schedule for both of you, how's that transitioned to now? How many hours are we working now and from a control point of view? Well, I'm able to work school hours, which is great, with our three kids. So I work from nine till three, so I can still drop them off at school and pick them up. And, yeah, Malcolm's probably working, you know, a normal seven till four type of day. So it's incredible the lifestyle change that we've had now. The turnaround's been unbelievable, right? And Malcolm, like, Mm. again, one of the things that we talk about with yourself, Malcolm, is that you've now gone from you know, smashing yourself on the tools on site, you're now working intelligently as we frame working intelligently on the business. Yeah, so literally I am technically off the tools. So boys make a joke of it now that, you know, careful, Malcolm, don't, don't get any calluses on your hands from working too hard. Yeah, so I'm off the tools now, but working on the business, as you said, Jonesy, which, you know, it's, Funny to say, it's been the best move that we ever did was getting off the tools. It, it really changed the business. It, it got the business moving. It got it growing. It got it moving upwards. It allowed me to focus on, as you would say, the numbers with Kylie and, and hitting the targets that we, we needed to do. And now I, instead of me just kind of doing it all, I now try and delegate the workload to to my team. Yeah, and look, it's a credit to you, Malcolm, too, is that, and this is where a lot of trading business owners, they really struggle with that thinking, what do you mean I've got to be off the site? What do you mean I've got to spend more time on the business? Because it's so easy as a tradie and myself being there back in the day in the 1990s, you know, when I'm flogging my plumbing business, I just thought I had to be on site. I thought my value was on site. But at that stage, I didn't realise that I was actually a business person. I was still in that trading mindset where I thought it was all about the job. But because you're now, and again, Another key thing is that you're starting to build a brand, right? You're starting to build Briscapes. Briscapes is the brand. Briscapes is the asset that's got the systems, okay, that's got the credibility, that's got the team. It's not Malcolm. And you've done a good job of getting out there in the marketplace saying that, hey, this is, we deliver this via Briscapes where a lot of trading business owners struggle because it's all about them, the individual. So the client always wants them. The client really never has faith in the processes, all their other team members, where I think you've done a really good job of you know, building up your team, getting your team to the, the confidence level as well, that they can actually follow your lead. And that's a credit to you. And that's the difference between building a brand that can deliver for you or you know, having a job that's all about you as an individual. And you've done a great job of transitioning from that, which is difficult. And also, would you agree too, you've got to have confidence in your team. Agree? Yeah. Totally. You know, it's hard to let go because it is our little baby that we've had for 13 years. We developed it, you know, all that time. But don't get me wrong, I am. I still go to site. I still see the boys of an afternoon in the office or I might see them in the morning. Um, so, like, for example, this morning I went to site, being Monday morning, and just stood back and watched them work and just gave them a few little tips, gave them a little few pointers, you know. 
you know, just be there. So I'm still a point of contact for him, but, but I was only there for an hour, mm. hour and a half. But um, it just shows that I, I still care. I'm still with them. I'm still on the job. And, and we're all one team. We're all one team. We're speaking with Malcolm and Kylie Vandegraaff from Brizscapes Landscaping. And if you would like to learn how you can earn more and work less with a lot less stress, just like Malcolm and Kylie, please pick up a free copy of my book, Power Up Your Trading Business. I only pay for shipping. Go to www.powerupyourbusiness.com.au forward slash book and enter in the code podcast. And I think that's the key thing is that, that the team know that you're there to support them. And that's the thing when, when you're off the tools as a business owner, when you're off the tools, you've got more time to plan, prepare, more time to have conversations with your team, more time you know, to get to know them, to help them help them grow, but also give them the trust and confidence that they're doing the right thing. Because again, it's, it's hard when you're on the job and your, your main focus is, come on, let's get in, let's get the excavator in, let's get the supplies in, let's do it all. It's very hard as a business owner when you're doing all that to actually sit back and give attention to your team to make sure are your team growing and the planning and, again, getting out of that reactive mindset where you're that classic hamster on the wheel where everyone, I'd love a dollar for every time that says, people say, Jonesy, you know, that'd be great. You know, in a perfect world, that'd be great to have stop, plan, prepare. And I say, you can do it. But your choice is to be dictated by the end of the phone and be reactive. And this is what I really want to tap into now. And this is where some of the things that you've done really well, and this is where for the listeners and other trading business owners, there are business owners in general, okay, that really want to start actually getting to a stage where we're working intelligently, where we're working less, but we're generating more profit. Because again, it's about working smart, not working harder. And some of the processes. Now, one of the great things that both of you have done and credit to you, and a lot of it, you know, from Kylie's point of view, You've done really well in in clarifying your roles. Okay, you've really done you know segmented your roles between Kylie, especially now both of you in the office um, primarily. But Kylie, uh, you're very clear on your job description and, and accountability, and likewise, Malcolm, your job description. Kylie, can you just some of the processes again getting into that stage where we're getting good good cash in the bank, uh, making sure that we're we're getting paid, we're getting invoiced. What are some of what we call habits, you know, those success habits that we talk about? What are some of the key things over the past 18 months that you're implementing on that weekly basis or regular basis really transformed your decision-making as a business owner? So we do a lot more reporting within the finance and marketing department um, in order to... Um, track any trends that might be happening within our business. We also have weekly meetings as well. So there's constant communication between everyone. So everybody's on the same page and we all know what our focus is for the week. Also, we do our 13-week cash flow prediction every Monday. So we can see for the next 13 weeks where we're sitting. We also know what our weekly targets are, our monthly targets are. Everything is very clear to us now. So it's made a huge difference, even just tracking where our leads are coming from and knowing, um, you know, what our our best marketing strategies are moving forward. Um, so it's all those little things that are helping us and then I suppose the profit plan to to set those goals for the next 12 months and just being accountable for those goals and being able to report back to them whether it's, you know, weekly or monthly and go, okay, are we going to hit our targets? Are we on track to smash our goals? So I find Malcolm and I are both very disciplined and competitive people so we love having the goal set high it mm. makes us want to achieve those goals so it's really helped um yeah within our business to keep us on track and hold us accountable yeah that's great and i think one of the things that you do really well which is those processes and 
this is what I say to like a lot of business owners will say, and because they're still struggling, and they'll go, yeah, but I've got these processes, or I've got a job management system, or I've got you know uh, cash flow. But you can have a process or a system, but if you don't leverage it and you haven't got the discipline, like you say, to actually really fully buy in and lean into it on that weekly basis, make sure it's up to date, make sure that you understand how things are ticking, then you're never going to leverage the power of any process. And the great thing that you do, that you both do, is that you both leverage the power of all the processes that you use. And as you say, it gives your whole team a clear focus of what what needs to be achieved. Like you mentioned, you're talking about, you know, we're our, part of our methodology with our Cube software platform. You know, it's just that profit plan. Make sure we've got that clear side of the next year. But I think what you do really well too is is that how we're tracking report, agree, which is that really line by line where every expense, uh, there's got to be accountability around that, agree, and that and you do a good job with that, Kylie, correct? Absolutely, yeah. And like you say, it's the one percenters. So, you know, it might just be a little bit here, a little bit there. But by the end of that financial year, the little bit is a lot and, mm-hmm. yeah, somebody needs to be accountable for that. So it just makes you think about every little thing and how can we do it better, even if it's Malcolm and I, what can we do better, you yeah. know, and everybody do better. So, yeah, it's really, really good. Helps you keep focused. And at the end of the day, it, it just gives us the confidence, Jonesy, you know, like... 18 months ago, we didn't have the confidence. We didn't know where we were, you know, where we were heading. We didn't know what was coming in. But now that we have all these systems, these processes in place, yeah, we know what's happened in the past. We know what's happening now. But now we can, we can project, we can forecast what can possibly happen in the future. So we can make educated decisions on, yeah, do we need to hire another person to, to cope with this workload that we're projecting coming, coming up? Or do we need an extra truck? Or do we need this? So we're ahead of the game, we're ready. So when these things happen, we're proactive, as you say, we're ready to go. Mm. We're not on the back foot, we're not chasing our tail. So it's just one less stress that we have to worry about. We're just a lot more confident, which takes away the stress, which makes our life a lot easier and more relaxing. And essentially, it's just that turning it around from that hamster on the wheel, being reactive to everything is actually putting the time in and being proactive, which, as you say, just gives you the confidence you're in control and reduces the stress. Absolutely. Now, now, this is what I really want listeners to tap into here. So, again, the, the common thought is that, you know, I've got to be on the job to make profit. The common thought is that, you know, I've got to be there with the customer. The common thought is that, you know, I've got to be leading the charge. And, you know, I, the common thought is, you know, I don't want to give my team members too much information because, you know, they might take it and, and run with it. So that's a common thought. And that's the common thought is that leads to where most business owners you know, never get ahead. Most business owners struggle to draw trade business based struggle to draw a regular wage. They can't even draw a regular weekly wage, right? So that's a common scenario because they don't want to get off the job because it's all about them. And this is where I say to people, well, you're now a business owner and you've got to make that big leap, which is what you've done. And now by, you know, by focusing on the key important things as a business owner, by looking at the processes, you're now in a much different position, both profitability-wise, both from a stress level wise, but more importantly, you're building an asset or a brand that's got value. Now, would you agree, yeah, Malcolm, this would never happen, you know, where you were 18 months ago where you just thought it was all about the job, right? Correct? Yeah, correct. Like 18 months ago, I thought I was doing it right because I was busy. I thought, oh, yeah, I'm a business owner. I know what I'm doing. I'm a tradie. I'm a landscaper. I can build, build this, do that. And I thought, yeah, we had it all. At the end of the day, when there's no money in the bank, you got to realise, yeah, there's there's something that I'm not doing well, something that I'm missing. Just had to put my hand up and say, look, need help. We both need help, which we did. And look, and that's a credit to you because obviously a couple of years ago you attended one of our training sessions, correct? Somewhat one of our, our Blueprint for CS training sessions. and I, I attended three. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> been to, yeah, been to three. Trying to do it myself. I was trying to do it myself to take the cheap option, do it the easy way. <laughs> but um, no, I needed that extra help. And look, and that's part of, as you know, like from a coaching point of view or an advising or mentoring point of view, it's, especially now, it's that accountability and that drive and putting the pieces together that obviously assists, right? And now the good thing that you, you know, for both of you, you're you're open and we talk about a lot, success leaves clues. What we talk about here is that, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. What we're doing, and as 
you do really well. You, we're putting a puzzle together that's a well-worn puzzle. We know the outcome. Unfortunately, some people still think, oh, no, look, I'm going I'm to go this way or I'm not going to do it. So what we're talking with, with business owners, it's amazing. Those little one percenters do these little things right. Some people think it's still it's a myth or it's not going, you know, it's not for me or or whatever. But the great thing for, for both of you is that you, know, you connected the dots. Yep, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes we've had people jump on board and you know, part of our community, Malcolm and Collie, which you know, some of the team, you know, they they saw us 10 years ago. They thought, you know, 10 years ago, no, we'll be sweet, I'll, I'll just get it done. Then they come on board 10 years later and they say, you know, I wish I was jumped on board 10 years ago. But that's fine. Everyone's got a different take and a different journey for you know, for their for their business. And some people just don't want it, and that's fine. But this is where I'm really great. I'm grateful for you know for both you guys coming on board and um, you know trusting us on your journey. But we just love having people and, and clients on board like yourselves that really buy into it because we're competitive as well. We just love people who want to win. I love Malcolm and just you want to sort of just touch on some of your weekly sales targets, how, you know, if you miss your target by, say, 5,000 one month or one week, that then adds on to next week, correct? That's how competitive you are. How do you? How does that drive your focus for business development? Yeah, so I guess our main goal is to have an, a certain dollar value that I've got to try and get in sales each week. And then if I, if I miss that, then I've got to try and make it up the following week. It just kind of keeps us that 13 weeks in front, mm. keeps us rolling, just keeps you eye on the ball gives you in the game and if you drop it then Kylie comes in and says hey Mel you haven't won any quotes this week which she's done for the past couple so I've got to pull my finger out but um, <laughs> um, but it's good you know like she keeps me accountable she keeps the whole team accountable as well and um, yeah we just keep pushing forward with having my our set goals you want to add to that Kylie in terms yeah of look I, I just I think by simplifying it and making it a weekly target it's easier mm. because you know what you have to do by the end of the week whereas I feel like if it goes any further than a week it's easy to lose track of time mm. so this is why we do a lot of our reporting on a weekly basis and we have our targets on a weekly basis because it just keeps the ball rolling we know okay well we've just completed a week's worth of work so we need to have another week's worth of work booked in to keep the flow happening. Yeah, I just find it it's it's working really well to keep us going. Yeah, no, and I think it's great that you those success habits that we talk about on that weekly basis. And this is where for the listeners, this is how the the, the our methodology and they connect the dots is that from a process point of view, one, you get a target. So you get you're really clear from a profit planning, you work out your target, cool. I need, as an example, I need $40,000 a week or a month. There's my target. Cool. Lock it in. The next thing is then, okay, where's our sales pipeline? Connecting the target with making sure you've got enough development and enough leads in the system. Correct, Malcolm? So, yeah, then we get that in there. So we know we've got enough leads. We're winning the work. We're going to hit that work. And then the next thing, it's one thing then winning the work and then Kylie jumping in correctly. Then it's like, okay, when are we going to get paid? Making Mm. sure we're going to get paid. And then from the cash flow forecaster, and then we go to the how we tracking report, the profitability. Okay, great. We've hit our target. We've been paid. That's great. But also then too, is it profitable work? So do we deliver that 40000 on our agreed cost of sale with our labour percentages? And so ultimately, we just haven't wasted a month working hard without profit. Agree? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So it's in that simple sense, and probably for listeners, what I've just gone through probably sounds complicated, but as you're you know, with our process trying to connect the dots and make it as simple as possible because that's that's our passion and that's where we get all freaked out right and I get really excited by by the numbers right it's about you know mm. hey you need to know your scorecard and this is where I just can't I cannot accept when when business owners go oh no it's not my you know the account looks after that the bookkeeper looks after that the mother-in-law looks after that that is a recipe for disaster and in like any sporting organization in any anywhere around the world you need to know your scorecard number one Make sure you're you're achieving your targets, but also what areas you know, needs to be improved, and you've done that hands down. And that's like it's a it's a it's a massive achievement, you know, in terms of the growth over 100% growth in in sales, you know, growth in profitability, and it's all because, like you say, it's a one percent. It's not about working harder, everyone. This is why you understand, listeners. It's not about working harder. It's about working smarter. It's not about holding on tighter. It's about letting go. 
It's not about doing more. It's about less is more, okay? Do less work, do less things, okay? But do them great, okay? Add better value, bring your A game, do all those little things so you maximize. Don't go out there and do more and get another, you know, another process, another job management, you know, win more work, do more marketing or hire more teams if you're not prepared to do the one percenters to ensure that you deliver profitability. Because you can do more and the cash goes south, profitability goes south, stress levels go north. Okay. So uh, and this is what I love about you know what your your whole basis of that, you know, the fundamentals of success is those one percenters and staying focused on that and the key link there the key link i want to sort of tap into now is that yeah it's great you've got the so you're doing really well from an admin and office point of view you know you both you're working well with your team you're working well collaborating really well as a husband and wife team which is awesome which is really important and really defining your roles and responsibilities accountabilities just tell me just tell share your story now with connecting to your team we touched a little bit about it before but how do you drive your team on site? So when you're working in the office and, yeah, they have a bit of jest about, oh, yeah, Malcolm, yeah, don't get blisters and calluses or whatever. But what are some of the key processes you've put in around your team to ensure that they've got the confidence and you've got the confidence in them to deliver on your expectations? Yeah, so as I said earlier, um, I try and meet with them. So whether it's individually, whether it's a, a team thing at the shed on a Monday morning or a Friday afternoon, or whether it's with them on site, just going through. Okay, the boys might doing a might be doing a link block wall. I'm just there with them, standing in the background, just talking to them, but watching them how they're doing it, and just correcting them on how we do it our way. All right, just being there, just to guide them, show them. Not all the time, but most of the time. Even if we have a video camera there, just videoing how we do it, just the way we do it, so we have that step and that process in place. So when the next guy comes along, you know they can watch that video as well. But you know we also have a core set of values and beliefs that we like try to follow as well and they're up on the truck they're in the office and it's just six things that you know the boys try and achieve each day whether it's with the client with each other with the work they do anything like that so it's just not how they're working it's how they're acting as well and then you know if they hit all their targets they do all their goals the work is good at the end of each quarter we try and do a big team bonding thing whether it's you know go-karting or going out to dinner and stuff like that. And how's the response from the team when you do those those good little get-togethers, especially after they've been working hard and they've delivered? What's the response and what's some of the outcomes from the team when you have those sort of get-togethers? Yeah, look, we've only had a couple because of COVID's been tough, but when we have had them, it's been awesome. Just creates that good morale, good team spirit. But even just catching up, you know, for a morning brekkie, on a Monday morning having a brekkie um, or just catching up Monday morning at the shed, have a chat about the weekend. You know, it's just for an hour or two, go through a few small things, toolbox talk, safety while they're there in a cool, relaxed environment. It just gets the boys in the right frame of mind ready to go for the week. We kind of found doing it on a Friday afternoon, everyone's tired, everyone's buggered after mm. after a long week working with each other. So Monday's always good. Everyone's fresh, mm. ready to go, ready to hit the ground running. Yeah, no, it's good. I know. I think what we found just for those out there that are looking at maybe implementing some of these team meetings, definitely we find with all our clients in our community, yeah, Monday mornings are definitely good. It's a good way. They're fresh. They come in, bang, have a chat about the weekend and then go as like was yeah, back at the end of the week. It gets a little bit a little bit tiresome. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes, you know, Mondays can be a bit hectic if, if you're not organised because it's like, oh, where, where are we at? What we're doing? Oh, you know, it can get pretty crazy. Now, just doubling back on one of the key things that you're talking about, which is culture, which is values, and it's one of the, the key things that underpin everything that we're about in you know, our blueprint methodology and what we do, especially around that, you know, to really power up your business, okay? It's one thing having values and 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 behaviors. So just what's just rattle off one of the, the key ones on the you know, the way you do it, how you do it. What's what's one of the key values slash behaviors that you've got, Malcolm? Yeah, well, the first one's wow. So wow is basically can you wow the client by the work you do? Can you you know wow a teammate by helping them out or something like that? Or even just wowing myself as, as the boss, you know, taking mm. control. Other one's growth and learning. You know, we don't know it all. Everyone's got to learn new stuff. Always try and push the boys. Okay, what did you learn this week? All right. And, you know, for example, our apprentice said, oh, I didn't learn anything this week. And I said, oh, didn't you do a block wall? He goes, yeah, 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 I've done a block wall before. but 
I said, have you done that style of block ball before? No, no. Well, there you go. You learn how to do that one. So even if it's just minor, something simple, other ones, building a um, family and team environment spirit, they're probably our main three that we do have. And I, I love that there. Again, it comes back to here what you do well is you connect, you know, so it's 1% of connecting. Again, a lot of organisations will have values on the wall, be on the wall, they'll be on the truck, but they actually never refer to it. And what you do really well is on a daily basis, hourly basis on a conversation, you'll connect the dots, right? You'll connect, whether it be in a team meeting or one-on-one. Essentially, it's like, well, if you stand back on a job and you look at it and you go, look, does that really wow you? Does that really wow us? And your team can then really understand that, okay, that's not really a wow factor. Well, let's just then go to the next level. Would you agree on that? Is that how you really drive them to get, you know, to go that next level and bring that better performance on a daily basis? Yeah, because the boys always, you know, always ask me, oh, Mal, what do you think? Mm. And basically, I'll just stand back, cross my arms, and I'll just say, do you think you're wowing me? And they'll give you the answer, mm. you know, or I'll go, do you think that looks good? Or are you happy with that? Without him crit- criticizing them or telling them what they've done wrong, they'll pick their parts apart. They know what they what what's wrong. Yeah. So they're making the decisions. That they're, they're going, oh, nah, that's not good enough. Let's change it. I went, yep, cool. Let's change it. Let's do it like this then. It's great, right? Like you don't, you're not wielding a big stick. And this is where a lot of business owners, leaders get it wrong, where they come in there and they try and wield the big stick. They, you haven't clearly developed the values or the or desired behaviors where that your team can own it. And that's a big difference own it you've done a great job yourself and colleague done a great job of allowing your team to own it own the desired behaviors expectations because they know exactly what it is because you've set that this is the way we do it here non-negotiable these are our rules i don't care if you've worked for 20 other organizations when you cross the white line for briscapes this is how we do it here and guess what this is what you're going to love about working for us is that everyone owns it everyone's on the same page would you agree everyone can then not only self-assess, but the tier, uh, the, the team and, and their peers will assess as well and drive performance up and even say, look, come on, mate, you're not, that's not a wow or that's not building team or that's not building that honesty or that transparency of, or, you know, in terms of you know, delivering what we're about. Would you agree? Is that, is that a key component of that yeah. improvement yeah. over the last 18 months? Yeah, so that, uh, we try and get the team to buy in to the business, you know, that they're a part of the business, that they're a part of the culture, they have a say. You know, it's mm. just not always Kylie and I going, you need to do this, you need to do that. Because by us telling them what to do all the time, when something comes up or when they have a problem, who are they going to call? Kylie mm. or me. Mm. So the idea is to let them make the decisions, let them think about it, let them make the call and have the confidence, confidence to go, yep, let's do it like this. And then if they do do it and they make the wrong decision and they, they've screwed up, I'll just go, okay. We went wrong. Okay, have we learnt? What can we do better next time? Did I make a mistake? Did I not give you enough information? What do you need? So I'm happy for the boys to make mistakes. Mm. So the only way they're going to grow, they're only going to learn and, and develop themselves as another one of our cultural values. So oh, great. I love how you got that. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the great values that you've got there, which is that learning, right? Because I think it taps into, like you mentioned, you cannot learn unless you fail or you cannot learn unless you make mistakes and allow them to make mistakes and they've got the confidence to have a crack and make mistakes. And again, the great thing what you've done is, you know, try to do it that they actually can find the problem rather than ringing you. A lot of a lot of business owners, they struggle. I'm busy all day. Well, what are you busy all day for? I'm getting phone calls. What sort of phone calls are you getting? Oh, my team members keep on ringing. They've got problems. Well, why are they calling you? Have you not stopped to think about why they're actually calling? Have you not stopped to think about, you know, what you can teach them so they don't have to call you? Teach them once and they don't have to call you again. Oh, I haven't got time for that. Okay, we'll just get re- used to having no time because you're going to be answering the phone all of that. Uh, and that's that credit to you. With, with and sometimes, you yeah, and sometimes it just comes down to me personally. What haven't I done correctly? Mm, correct. Do I, do I need to put a process in place or implement a structure so that when this thing happens again, we know what's, what they have to do? Yeah. Yeah, and then that's a key thing, right? Like it's that, it's that ownership. You as a, you're not blaming your team or the client, you're looking at, as we talk about, you know, it's that continual evolution of processes. And what we talk about and and 
Kylie, I'll get you to jump in, you know, in a sec, like when we talk about the how we how we do it here, how we're tracking those one percenters, because if if our costs are blowing out from a percentage point of view, it comes down to a lack of process, right? It's a process deficiency. And so, Kylie, with the connecting the team, you know, obviously with the profit and loss, the how we're tracking and the numbers, you know, how how are you finding that, you know, giving your team ownership now and driving the process and ordering things and doing other things like that on site? How are you really finding over the last 18, 12, 18 months that transition and that growth within the team? Yeah, look, it's it's been a big process getting them to to take control of that that side of it. But like now with having an operations manager on board, that's that one person that they can go to that's going to be doing the ordering, is going to be connecting with our suppliers. Um, making sure that we're getting the best possible rates that we can be getting. And we're always growing and every single person is very important within our business. We've all got our important roles. Nobody's perfect. We don't have that expectation here. And like Malcolm said, you know, we're connecting with our staff and saying, okay, well, you know, what could we do differently to make this better for you next time? So it's, it's very important that we get opinions back from our staff to make sure that everybody is happy coming to work for us every day. On that too, it's about one thing being happy, but they're being engaged, right? They're actually engaged yeah. in the brand, in the organisation they want to achieve because they're owning it. And from with that, just tying into the, that operations manager because we nearly just want to sort of finish on this is that now that fundamental piece now getting that operations manager in there getting that someone that can really sort of you know, drive the team as well on site to give you a little bit more breathing space especially Malcolm we were talking about this is over you know a few months ago or so that that discussion around it's hard to get someone I can't find someone and one of the things that we talk about is that well, if the, the the higher the quality of the candidate that you want, the longer it's going to take. It's and this is a lot of people say, oh, it's tough to get people, or you know, some people think they're just going to put a seek out out there, and then all of a sudden within a week they're going to find a, a gold team member. It's just not going to be. That's not the case. And this is where you need to have that the patience to put you know, higher, slow, fire, fast mentality. Whereas if you haven't got the right person to come come along, you know then don't hire them or, or just it's a long process, okay? And this is where what you've done well is that, you know, again, this is where the processes kick in by the sales pipeline. We see our sales pipeline well in advance that we've got a lot of work coming up. You could really position yourself and start to advertise for that operations manager position because you're looking at the years ahead. You're starting to go, okay, this is the structure I need and it's not a rush, okay? It's not like all of a sudden, shit, I've got a lot of jobs on, I need someone to help me. And then you go out and you you get someone on board. They're generally not the good candidate, but more importantly, you haven't got the right processes in place or the right data, the financials to make sure that they're accountable. So what you're doing is taking that time to make sure when you get that right person on board, they're supported by the data. And more importantly, you've got the information to ensure that they're delivering value to your organisation. So the question just on that one, back to you then, Malcolm, is a, how important is it to take your time to get the right person on board? How important is it to make sure you've got the right, again, job description, induction processes in play to ensure that that individual is a high, you know, you've got to pay him a, a good rate so he's going to cost the business a fair bit if he doesn't hit the ground running. What were some of the key learnings that you had there or key understandings now with your process that you must have in place to really onboard a, a high-quality individual into your business? I think it started back, um, you know, from the finance side of things and what our conversion rates are and knowing, okay, we've got all this work coming up and we're tossing up whether we've got an extra man on the ground or person on the ground or someone in the office. And we kind of decided to get an operations manager in just because we knew we're, do we're doing a lot of work, but we're also doing a lot of misses as well. So we weren't getting the one percenters right. And we found out the boys were going to Bunnings a bit or going out getting pickups or just doing a lot of time wasting, not really being productive on the ground working. So we, we decided to get the ops manager in and it was a new position. We never had one before to get him in to really control the team, organise the team, get the team motivated, get them going 
help with their HR, workplace health safety, and, and all these other little bits and pieces. But a lot of the time was then spent on, okay, what's his role? What's his KPIs? How, how are you defining it? What's his weekly job? And then, yeah, as you're saying, Jonesy, what do we have to do to induct him to make sure he, 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 fit, he does the job well and to what we want? And that's been really hard. It hasn't gone smoothly, I must say. You know, we're working with him to make sure that, you know, it does run smoothly. And then, you know, if there happens to be a similar role or position come up again, then we're ready for that new position. So that one will run smoothly. So, um, but yeah, so it's been, it's been good and it's been a good learning curve as well. I think also with that, one of the first processes before even doing a job description and that kind of thing, we refer straight back to our profit plan and we can then, you know, put a salary in there to make sure that we are still going to be making our operating profit, working off what our our goals are in turnover and by adding that extra team member on, how are we looking financially? Because that is a very important thing to know that you have enough work to sustain another employee moving forward. So that's another important process in that making sure that that, that role is suitable for our business. Spot on there, Collie. It's, it's 100%. This is where a lot of people get it wrong where they just see turnover or they're, they're busy and they, they'll throw in, you know, 80k, 100k, or 50k, whatever that role is, without actually understanding number one the impact on the bottom line, uh, and number two, then what's with that extra expense, that extra line item in my in my accounts, and what, how much do I need to ratchet up my sales? And that's a key thing that you know you do well is that this is what I want all our listeners to understand is that whatever you're changing, whatever you're spending on, you know, from our perspective within Q Performance. Yeah, as a minimum, you should be generating that 15% operating profit margin. This is, again, after you draw a wage and after you pay yourself superannuation as the owner just for doing the job. Whereas a lot of people, they, they're not looking at that bottom line. They don't understand the bottom line. They don't understand the impact of putting another person on, How the, what are the implications there. And because they don't start with those numbers, then there's no urgency in making sure they hit the ground running. There's no urgency in making sure they're delivering value and there's no urgency in putting in clear KPIs, correct? And that's throughout the business. And that's obviously, Kylie, what you've had to do is you've had to rejig all your targets and things like that, correct? Because we've got that extra cost. And just to clarify that, because you've went through that due diligence, again, higher, slow, work fast. And when I talk about higher, slow, higher, slow means, yeah, get your numbers right, get your processes right before you actually hire someone so that when you have that first conversation with that potential employee. You can be very clear with your financial expectations or job descriptions and KPIs, correct? Because you've already gone through the due diligence around that. Yeah, it just gives us the confidence. That's that, right. Yeah, it's a very right clear call. picture. And I think, you know, tapping into it, Malcolm, like you said, it's a, it's a long term. It's in that growth phase sometimes. It's, it's tough sometimes. And this is where, you know, along, along that journey, some people you just got to understand are they cut out for that role because not every hire is, even though you can do the, the best amount, and this is what everyone needs to understand too, you can do your, your best amount of due diligence, but sometimes it's just not the quite right fit for that particular role. They might be better suited for another role. Like I, what I like you know, hearing that, and this is why you're doing so well, right, is that for both of you, you, you take accountability. So in other words, and this is why I hear this for everyone out there, is that if an employee is not hitting the ground or hitting their mark, it's just like don't point the finger at the employee or team member look at you as the leader, what could you do better? How can you educate them better? Where's the lack of processes? Are they lacking confidence? Do they even know our expectations? Do they know our values? Do they know actually what we're trying to achieve here? Because uh, a lot of team members or staff members, employees are basically treated like mushrooms, just kept in the dark, fed nothing, okay? And they, but there's this expectation that they're going to come out firing like an elite performer where it's not going to happen. Um, so it's a credit to you as well, you know, to cop some knocks on the chin and, you know, not sort of be aggressive and fight back, but really sort of think about, okay, what can I do better as a leader? And again, as we always talk about, it's a journey, correct? Both of you, you've done really well on a 13-year journey to date. Um, and that's where, just finishing up now, I sort of, sort of say, like, that, how important were those first, you know, 11 years, tough years, how important are those initial years of, of growing now that that learning that you can now put into this next next period to really escalate your your business going forward? How important is that journey? 
I think it's been a, a, a very long, tough journey initially. You know, 18 months ago, it was it was tough. But we still, once we started working with you and, and um, Paul and, and Mark, you know, it was all us as well. You know, you guys guided us. It was up to us to put the hard yards in, set the bench, benchmark each month. You know, each month we set a new benchmark, a new benchmark, a new benchmark. So you, you guys guide us, but we still have to put the hard work in. We have to set our figures because we it's our business. We know our numbers. So now this is the new normal. This is our where we are now. This is the new norm. This is our base. So we try and just push, okay, what's the next level? What's the next level? And then, you know, we have our end game. We know what our end game is, what we want to achieve, not just business-wise, but personally-wise as well. So we just try and hit those targets to get to where our end game is. Yeah, that's great. And I think, look, it's a... It's been really, you know, from our point of view, we love being assisting you, guiding you. And what we want you know, from our role in terms of our methodology and, and, and our processes is that you can you can have all the, as you mentioned, you can have all the targets and all the processes, but unless you have the want to really make it happen, nothing will happen. And it's credit to both of you to really, you know, buying into what we're about. And I just love what you've done the last 18 months but I just can't wait to what's going to happen in the next 18 months with that trajectory of where you're going. And given the just, and just to clarify the uncertainty of the market where we've been and what you've delivered over that period, over that last 18 months period, has been um, nothing short of, you know, it's a great success and we're stoked to, to be able to assist you. So as far as this, this podcast, Kylie and Malcolm, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on board. Loved having you on board. Loved having uh, been part of your journey to date as well. It's been a good one. Thanks Plenty so more much. to come. Awesome. And any of the listeners out there, hopefully you got the pen and paper out there, plenty of gold to start implementing and putting in your business, especially those that are frustrated and not sure where to go. Uh, again, success leaves clues. And Kylie and Malcolm have left uh, plenty of clues out there for you in terms of what's led to their success to date. So cheers, everyone. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me come, I realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business.